It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic alongside Joey Medore on this ninth day of July. 6.06 on the clock and around 92 degrees and sunny outside. It's a Thursday and Thursdays normally always mean David Saltzman on the sports van. We have Saltzman joining us on the phone lines, of course, uh, with COVID-19 concerns and everything. We do our best to socially distance and keep everything healthy. Again, Sportsman presented by J&K Contracting. And always great to have David Saltzman on the Sportsman here on this Thursday. Saltzman, it's been a while since uh, we've had you on the program. How have you been? This is great hearing from you guys. You and Connor, Mills, and Joe. I'm telling you, you guys do such a great job. I'm doing fine, and I'm really happy to be here right now on this sports show. Well, we do have a lot of... Uh, Great things to talk about here on the Sports Fan. Uh, of course, we'll have a, a good guest in Gary Hashman joining us in just momentarily. Uh, Hashman, uh, part of the Starbrick uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Bobcat MMA uh, organization, so we'll have him on uh, momentarily. Uh, but it's been a crazy uh, past couple days, especially with now the Big Ten uh, closing off all non-conference games. They're just going to go conference games. And, of course, uh, the disappointing news that we heard uh, just a couple of minutes ago or maybe about an hour ago, uh, timeline doesn't matter, but uh, the Athens attack season has come to an end. Um, of course, again, when we're talking about the health and safety of the players, the uh, you know the kids, uh, you know, that comes first. And, unfortunately, you know, they were able to get a season in. That, that, that is fortunate for them, uh, but, unfortunately, it had to be just cut short by a weekend only making it through. Uh, almost to the uh, the end of this weekend where it would have come to a natural conclusion. But still, uh, Athens' attack will, no, will not have any more games for this summer season, and that means that their senior class uh, has also played their final game, what would have been over in Lancaster uh, this past weekend on Sunday. So disappointing news there with the Athens' attack ending their season. I'm sure we'll have Coach Kyle Lonis, and I know we'll have to get a couple of players on and talk to them uh, in the near future. Uh, but as of right now, uh, you know, we'll just wait and see. We'll wait for more information from them. Uh, disappointing news, but still, uh, they had a season. I would say a big shout-out to the Athens attack because those were, first of all, they were having a good season, and they've had a good career. A lot of those seniors are just fantastic. Some are multi-sport players, but... They had a tremendous baseball career in Athens. Yeah, I agree there, Dave. And it was cool how we kind of got to see them play in some meaningful games over the, their uh, what ended up being their last few ball games over the weekend since it was a tournament uh, up in Lancaster. And uh, we got to see uh, them play some competitive baseball uh, for their last games. Of course, they were supposed to have the tournament this weekend, and we would have seen more of that. But uh, it was good to watch them play. Uh, I learned a lot about all their pl all the players. Didn't really know what to expect uh, talent-wise going into this season because I never really watched uh, the baseball at the high school level in this area. But I was I was pleasantly surprised. There was a lot of good ball players all across uh, all the teams that they face, and it, it was a, it was fun. It was, I'm glad they were able to put it together. 
And you guys certainly did a very good job announcing the games. I actually listened to two of them. Good job. I uh, appreciate that, as always. And, you know, it was kind of a test period for us, too, uh, as we were able to get some brand-new equipment, able to test it out, and able to, you know, improve. Instead of sounding over a phone line, we, we got uh, you know, audio over Internet. And, uh, you know, hopefully that improves us now and improves us uh, down the line. Of course, hopefully we get a football season. Hopefully we get, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, sports coming our way in the near future. But as of right now, of course, with the concerns of COVID-19 uh, popping back up and spreading here in Athens, you know, do the right thing. Do what's what's in the best interest of the kids, best interests of, uh, of all the residents here, and make sure everybody is safe and, uh, again, healthy. Uh, as we advance throughout this pandemic uh, part of the year. Uh, but still, uh, it is disappointing that Athens does not get to continue their season, although uh, just one more weekend, just one more uh, tournament. Uh, I do want to see if that tournament will continue, though. I don't know if the rest of Ohio is going to follow suit, uh, at least summer baseball-wise, and, and cancel the tournament or cancel uh, the rest of their seasons. Um, but still, uh, as of right now, it was just Athens and a, a couple other teams backing out. Um, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens. Uh, but the good news is Major League Baseball is still uh, trying to come back. Uh, saw that the NFL, uh, you know, they're going to be adjusting a couple things. And college sports, you know, that landscape is changing now because uh, with college sports, it is... Uh, with Ohio and with with, well, with Ohio State in the Big Ten, they won't have any non-conference games, and that hurts you know the non-Power Five uh, schools across the nation. It's going to be interesting. Let me let me stop for a second though. Uh, even though we're on the air, I see where Gary Hesh would try to call my phone, and I'm wondering if he has the correct number to call in. So, yeah, if you want to take a break, uh, call us back. <laughs> Uh, you know, we can always do that as well. Of course, doing a little bit of a conference call with uh, David Saltzman uh, calling into the program from his house, and hopefully have uh, Gary Hashman uh, calling in on the 6646 number. Uh, so that would be pretty good. Or uh, if you wanted to, Dave, you can also hook him up, uh, do like a conference call on your end, uh, you know, ring the station, and then have him join us that way as well uh, so we can have him on the program. Ready for commercial, so I could tell you what he meant. He said the number is busy at the six six four six number. Uh, yep. Again, call in number seven four zero five nine two six six four six. We'll take a short break here on the sports fan, and then hopefully get Gary Ashman uh, on the program with David Saltzman. We'll be right back as you're listening to Sports Fan at nine seventy and ninety seven point one FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Our community is better together. Integrate Athens, the new division of the Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, partners with other local organizations, groups, and people to help our community come together. The Integrate Athens team works with schools, civic groups, and communities in Athens County, helping create friends, allies, and neighbor connections. Check out Integrate Athens on Facebook for events and activities that you can be a part of. Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Integrate Athens, helping Athens County become a more inclusive place to live, work, and have fun. Be sure to follow Power 105 and 970 WATH on Instagram for contests, upcoming events, and a whole lot more fun stuff. Search Power 105 underscore 97 WATH on Instagram to get in on the action. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. And this is Sportsman right here on 970 WATH. Muslim Mike alongside Joey Medor. We'll have David Saltzman uh, with Gary Hashman calling in in a little bit. We'll wait for their phone call on their end uh, for us to call into the station. But again, Sportsman presented by JNK Contracting. And one of the, the big news coming out of today, of course, was the Big Ten Conference uh, will play only conference games in football. Several other sports, if fall season, uh, proceed in pandemic. As I say that, the 105.5 line lights up, and we should have David Saltzman back with us. David, are you there? Actually, this is Gary. Can you hear me? Gary, yes, I can hear you. Welcome to the Sportsman. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Doing well. Well, first off, thank you for joining us here on the Sportsman, taking time out of your day to, to call in. Uh, no problem, man. Uh, so, again, this is Gary Hashman. He has trained and competed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu since 2012, a brown belt under Butch Hiles. He has many blue and purple belt championships in the Midwest under multiple promotions, including WVGO, AGC, NAGA, uh, EGO, Newbred, Grappling Industries, and more. Uh, though he's a proven fierce competitor, he shines as an instructor. His ability to convey information makes understanding jiu-jitsu at all levels easy and inviting. Uh, for Gary, teaching is about only one thing, sharing his love of jiu-jitsu combined with his BJJ skills over two decades of working with youth and individuals with varied abilities. Uh, so, Gary, after I say all that, you know, give us a little bit of background on you. You know, What is your background uh, within you know, Bobcat MMA, Starbrick, BJJ, and your whole uh, mixed martial arts career? Yeah, I uh, started, started training jiu-jitsu um, in 2012. Been competing ever since I started it. Like you said, I'm a brown belt now. Um, uh, I was born and raised in, in, you know, in Gloucester, Ohio, so I've been around this area my whole life. I, I wrestled in high school. Um, and so, you know, I was getting to a point where I was getting ready to have my second kid, and I was like, man, I need something to stay in shape, and I don't know if I'm ready to chase after a toddler again. And <laughs> kind of found jujitsu, uh, started training uh, my wrestling base. Uh, transitioned well into jiu-jitsu and, and kind of fell in love with the sport. So, uh, competed, uh, got, got heavy into competition, 
um, especially around blue belt, uh, and and uh, the competitive aspect of it keeps you coming back to jujitsu. Uh, as I got a little further along, I found out that I really enjoyed the teaching aspect. So I was not only was I, I training to compete, but I kind of became a, uh, a second instructor on the mat and found out that I liked that almost as, as much as I liked competing. And so that's kind of my drive now is just to, to help others achieve their goals. You know, I've, I've done what I can, and I'm, all, I'm coming up on 40 now, so my competitive days are just about over. But uh, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost more terrifying but also more rewarding to watch my students grow. So now I'm, now I'm at the spot where I, uh, I've got my own place, I've got my own academy, uh, I started. I started with Starbrick up in Logan, and that was mostly when I started that. Uh, it was at uh, it, was, it was at a low-income housing, and there were a lot of kids there that maybe they didn't have the money to train jiu-jitsu, or they didn't have the ability to uh, you know find something like that. And some of them, you know, also maybe you know, uh, kind of needing some some leadership or some some good positive role models and started teaching up there. Uh, I've done that for the last three years, and then the opportunity came for you know, me and my family. We were, we were in good enough shape as far as as far as far money-wise to go ahead and buy some new mats and open something up down here in Athens County. And I've had a lot of friends who trained jiu-jitsu with me in the past and really wanted me to come down here and, and get something going. So um, the, yeah, the time was right for me. Uh, as, far as, as far as opening Bobcat MMA, MMA up, another thing that helped out was uh, I, uh, a couple years ago, I started training with the guys at Ohio University, uh, the OU MMA uh, club at Ohio University, and um, those guys kind of motivated me to come down here as well because they wanted somebody who was a little more full time. At that time, I was only able to, to train them jujitsu a couple days a week. Uh, they wanted something more permanent. They wanted a permanent coach, and a lot of those guys want to get fights, and so. Uh, to have the, the proper training for them, um, they needed something that was going to be open, you know, seven days a week, where they could train every day and and you know, fight. If you're if you're planning on fighting, especially in MMA or or even jujitsu, really, if you want to do it, do it right. You have to do it a lot. So those guys, those guys needed something more permanent. So between the friends that I had in the past who were training jujitsu, my OU MMA guys, and just you know, like. It, fun to, to try and branch out and do new things. So to start MMA in Athens, I thought would be a great idea. Scary question that I have for you, Joy Medor, speaking to you here. Um, what's kind of the reaction of the people, you know, your family, people close to you, when you say, uh, essentially, I want to choke people out or potentially get choked out for fun? I mean, I, it's kind of a sport where you have to have a special kind of mindset to want to uh, kind of go into it and start doing it. So just kind of what's the reaction to, that people have when you say, I want to start doing jiu-jitsu? Well, usually the first reaction is, is that like karate? <laughs> and, and uh, the, you know, the, the quick answer is, is like, it, yes, it's like karate. That way you don't right, have to explain right. it. Because there's really a lot that goes into it. Uh, the, uh, when I try and explain it to you, know, my mom still doesn't completely understand it, even though she's been to competition. But uh, it, the, the, hard thing, the hard thing to understand is that even though there are chokes and there are joint locks, blocks it's still relatively safe uh we all compete and train under the idea that um you know if, if i say uncle if i tap 
that you'll let go and you know everybody can go on with their life and nobody goes home scarred and injured and broken that that doesn't mean that that injuries don't happen um but it's still relatively safe and and i would say it's probably safer than just about any other contact sport you could do uh you know, it's football, there are collisions. And listen, I, I'm a guy who loves football, but you know, CTE being a, 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 a real thing, like I can train 100% at jiu-jitsu, and I don't worry about CTE. I, I can train 100% uh, grappling, and, you know, the, the older I get, the less my knees like me. But as far as head trauma, I don't really take that in jiu-jitsu. Well, of course you got to love football being from Gloucester, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Gary, you know, I... I Growing up, you know, I was a wrestler back in high school and, and youth, and you know, one of the things that you know my coaches encouraged me to do was to branch out into different forms of you know combat sports. And uh, we actually had one one of the workouts was a jujitsu workout. So they tried to get us a little bit uh, more of a, a diverse background. Uh, so when we were on the wrestling mat, some of the moves we can't do in wrestling, right? Uh, but other moves, you know, that kind of helps to translate, move the hips, get a little bit better. Uh, but do you work with wrestlers kind of in the area it, when they get ready for their high school seasons, or is it just solely, uh, you know, get ready for, for jiu-jitsu and other types of competition? So uh, last year was actually my first year helping out with the Nelsonville Elementary Wrestling Team, and I was an assistant coach for them. Uh, my son is a student over at Nelsonville, and uh, he wrestles over there as well as being, being in my kids' class in jiu-jitsu here in, in uh, Plains. Um, the, the big difference, obviously, is that uh, wrestling, the, the rule set, there are no submissions. It's really just pinfall and you can't put somebody in a, uh, in a potentially dangerous situation. So right. twisting arms or necks and stuff like that, you can't really do that wrestling. However, the translation between jiu-jitsu and wrestling um, is very smooth. Uh, it, the only thing that you have to learn from wrestling is maybe not to expose your back when you get taken down, where on the wrestling mat, you know, the, the instinct is to get to your hands and knees and then try and get up. And uh, if you do that in jiu-jitsu, then you're going to have somebody on your back that's trying to choke you. Yeah, it's very, uh, you know, I have a friend who also does a little bit of jujitsu and stuff, and we tried to put our styles together, right? And one, I had the wrestling style, and he had the jujitsu style, and I was going for the pin, and he was trying to go for the chokeholds, and I, we didn't know how to, to how to bring the competition to the end. Uh, but it, it's very, you know, the similarities there are very unique and very, uh, you know, like you said, a smooth transition from one uh, to the other. Uh, have how has, you know, working with the Bobcat MMA and, you know, the, the club here at the university, you know, what kind of work do you do with them? And, you know, how have you seen them progress here during your time? Um, so, I, like I said, I've been there with them two years. The, the main thing that I told them, you know, especially some of those guys want to go on and go ahead and compete in MMA. Uh, some of them also compete in jiu-jitsu. Uh, we went up to the Arnold for the last two years, both times. Now, this past year, because of, you know, shutdowns and stuff, uh, there was a little less turnout uh, from competitors. But the year before, we took, I think it was six guys up to the Arnolds from the OUMMA club for the jiu-jitsu competition, and all of them came back with medals. A couple of them got first place, or I know at least one of them got first place. So, And that was very was a very limited amount of training in jiu-jitsu. And a lot of those guys came from a wrestling background, 
Um, you know, some of them wrestled in high school. Maybe they, they were uh, walk-ons at OU for the wrestling team, and um, so they wanted to try something different. And, and those guys, uh, with very little training, mostly, you know, kind of talking about submission defense, I try and let the athlete do his thing. Uh, so if, if you're a wrestler and you come in, I'm not going to try and teach you to be a guard player and, and, and do jujitsu from your back. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, find ways to end up on top and wrestle because that's what you are. You're a wrestler. And if you can get the side control, dominant uh, pinning position is still a dominant position in jujitsu. So if you get there, you're getting points. Uh, so let I always always tell my guys like you are your guy. You you gotta whatever makes you comfortable is where you should be. That's where you want to fight. And it's no different than in a boxing match or or uh, or an MMA fight. You know, if you're a striker. And, and you're coming here to train, I don't, I don't want to try and make you a jiu-jitsu guy. I hope you fall in love with it the way I have, but Seth is the striking coach, and he's going to teach you striking. I'm your jiu-jitsu coach, but I'm going to teach you how to get back up. So the fighter has to be his own fighter. He's got to have his own style, and we're not here to dictate how he gets the win just as long as we can get him into the best position to get the win. Uh, Gary, are you a UFC fan at all? Uh, yes, like as big a UFC <laughs> fan as you can be. So, uh, what have what's kind of been your take on the uh, the fights and kind of the the empty arenas? Because you kind of uh, see a lot of different perspectives on uh, what people think about that. Okay, so you're, uh, I could go on a long time about this. So <laughs> if I start to get a little rambly, please tell me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, I, I've 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 been watching since really kind of the beginning, right? UFC one. And uh, I, I uh, also watched a lot of the stuff that went on in Japan, like the Pride stuff. And it feels very similar to all of the fights that happened in Japan, where even though there were thousands of people in the arena, it was whisper quiet, and you could hear all of the shots land, and you could hear the coaches talking to the, to the athletes. And, and it, to be honest, somewhat it reminds me of jiu-jitsu competitions because uh, your, your coaches are there, and you can hear the coach calling out stuff to the competitors. And uh, I think a couple things, I, I find it more interesting than uh, the giant crowd. I know the walkouts aren't, aren't quite as fun, uh, and, and maybe the celebrations at the end aren't quite as fun. But I think during the fight, I think we get a more realistic, uh, or as a fan, I think we get a better understanding of what's really going on in the cage at that time. Yeah, I agree. I like that take because just like that Ferguson and Gaethje fight, which is one of the first ones, uh, might have been the first big card actually without without having the fans. I mean, just listening to Gaethje strike Ferguson and just hearing the crack from the punches and Ferguson giving it back to him, and it, it was just it's just a completely different, uh, almost like a completely different sport, kind of. Yeah. Well, and and you know it's interesting too because on some of those shots, uh, it would be a big punch that lands, and if it was a full arena. You know, everybody's on their feet, everybody's screaming. Right. And so a, a lot of the stuff that might be, you know, nuanced for some that is going on after a guy gets rocked, you get a chance for sitting at home watching it. You get a chance to see how a fighter reacts to a big shot like that and not get caught up in the screams and the hollers of, of the fans. Cause that, that almost energizes you as much as, uh, you know, it kind of just distracts you from what's going on in the cage as uh, as anything. 
And of course, they have that the uh, the Fight Highland right coming up here. I believe it's this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, it uh, is, yes. yeah, then the main fight, Usman, and now Masvidal is taking him on because uh, who uh, Usman was supposed to fight tested positive for Corona. So I think uh, yeah. throwing Masvidal into that fight, I mean, uh, the ratings for that pay per view, I think, could be huge because that's, I mean, that's a box office fight. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Masvidal's definitely. Uh, I think uh, that knockout win over uh, Ben Askren. Yeah. Really, that really kind of it was it was the best five seconds of his career, mm-hmm. and for him to top that, he's gonna. I mean, it's gonna have to be something special. Uh, but it definitely it definitely rocketed him into fame, and he's a dangerous guy. Um, that being said, you know, Usman basically, Tyron Woodley was one of the best best fighters we've seen in a long time, and uh, I don't know how much of it was Tyron was kind of ready to do something new or how much of it was Kamaru Usman was just too much to handle, but he beat him up for five rounds and, right. and made him look like he didn't belong in the same cage with him, so it should be a great fight. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see it this weekend, and uh, you know, bring it back here to, to Athens, and, and uh, we'll, we'll bring it back to you again. We're talking with Gary Hashman, uh, member of the Starbrick BJJ and Bobcat MMA, uh, as you look back on your uh, competition career, right? What what kind of stands out for you? Um, I, I got to I got to compete for Fight to Win, which uh, Fight to Win is a it's a professional grappling association. It's their promoter, and they uh, it, essentially in jujitsu there are kind of three uh, three big promotional names, but none of them are really uh, professional. So you have, you have IBJJF, the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. You have ADCC, which is the Abu Dhabi Combat Club. And those are kind of the two places where the best of the best jiu-jitsu guys get to stand out. And then um, right now we have Grappling Industries that is, uh, that is uh, making a huge run. And, and uh, it's, it's, I think last year had uh, the most competitions held throughout, throughout the world. Um, even more so than IBJJF. If I'm not, I may be, if they didn't, it was close to the same. But those are the three big promotions for jiu-jitsu competition. But there really wasn't any way for grapplers to get paid until Fight to Win came along. And uh, when they came along, they started paying all of their competitors really good money to, you know, essentially the same thing like a, like a local boxing show might pay their guys. And uh, so it was an opportunity for guys to compete. I was on Fight to Win 32 that was in Cleveland. Uh, uh, even though I lost my, my match there, it was an amazing experience. It was on, you know, 22,000 viewers on, on the Internet. It was streamed live. Um, I got to meet a lot of people. Uh, I got to meet uh, uh, Steve Miosic while I was up there, uh, Jessica I. So that was that was a really cool experience. It, they they have the whole thing. It's it's set up just like a uh, just like a UFC event. So there's 15 fights on the card. Uh, you know, you start at the bottom. Uh, it goes all. And the, the cool thing about them too is they also have kids competing. So if you had a, a 12 year old or a 13 year old uh, kid who had been competing competing for a while, he got to be on a on a, on a big stage in front of a bunch of people and, and do his jiu-jitsu. But they have, it's set up just like a UFC event. There's 15 fights. 
they go through the fights. Each fighter has one match, right? And so it's not a tournament. It's not a wrestling uh, tournament where there's uh, a bracket system. You get you and you schedule, sign a contract to fight one guy that night, and you go out there and you try and break each other's limbs or choke each other unconscious. I mean, that sounds like that. Again, I haven't wrestled in a while, but I mean that that does sound like a, a lot of fun to uh, go out there and and, and try to do. Um, yeah, it's like it's like that competition that you miss in high school, where you know you've been training, competing, and, and trying to you know win as a team or win as an individual, and uh, yeah, that's that competition that you miss as you you get older, or if you're not able to do anything in in high school or uh, in in college or at the next level, uh, something that you can get involved in. And you know, let's talk a little bit about you know your work with the uh, Starbrick Brazilian uh, Jiu Jitsu. Uh, you guys offer classes and courses. Uh, if somebody wants to get involved and they want to take a class, they want to do some competition. You know, how how would somebody get their interest peaked? How would they find you? So right now, the the Starbrick location we're kind of still closed due to COVID. Um, our space isn't open up there. We are opened up limited. Uh, availability for our our uh, planes at Bobcat MMA. If they wanted to, to come in, uh, we are at 70 North Plains Road in the Plains. It's right across from the subway. And uh, we're here basically every night, 5.30 to, to 9. Uh, we have jujitsu classes on Monday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for adults. I have kids' classes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays um, and Saturdays. And then we also have cardio kickboxing on Wednesday and our striking classes on Tuesday. And striking is, uh, our, our coach for striking is Seth Jones. Uh, he's the grandson of Sam Jones, Sam Jones, Jim, and Gloucester. Uh, so a ton of knowledge there. Our uh, cardio kickboxing instructor is Casey Lanning, and she has been... She's also, you know, everybody is basically local, and we're all doing this. It's, it's kind of like a passion project for us all. She's she's a uh, she's taught uh, cheerleading and been cheerleading coach, physical fitness her whole life, and and uh, she's excellent at motivating and inspiring all the ladies to come in and, and do their stuff. So if anybody if anybody wanted to, to stop in, they could stop in. They can also call me at seven four zero eight five six seven four eight nine. We're on Facebook. You're on Instagram. You can either check out Starbrick, uh, BJJ, or Bobcat MMA on either of those. And we also have a website, StarbrickBJJ.com, and all of our information is up there. And, you know, I got the website up in front of me again, StarbrickBJJ.com, if anybody is interested there. And it's not only if you're willing to compete, you also teach a couple of self-defense courses, am I right? Yes, and actually, you know, the competition stuff, a lot of it, uh, it, it, it all comes from self-defense, right? It's a martial art, uh, so it's, uh, it, should be, it should be able to work on the street as well. So most of the stuff we do, uh, the, the beautiful thing about jiu-jitsu is it's designed for smaller people to be able to handle themselves and protect themselves against a bigger, stronger attacker. And uh, it kind of kind of neutralizes um, strength and speed with leverage and technique. Uh, and so 
you know, drilling the techniques and drilling the timing. Um, you know, I, I, when I started, uh, I was about two, I was, I was out of shape. Like I said, I was getting ready to have another kid and I was super out of shape. I was like 270. I came in and I was like, okay, I've watched a lot of UFC. I kind of know arm bars. I kind of know chokes. And I got paired up with this guy who was maybe 150 pounds. So I had over 100 pounds on the guy. And I was like, okay. So it came time to roll. And I don't know, it was probably 20 seconds in, I get arm barred. And then, you know, 45 seconds later, I get choked. It's just like, man, this stuff is, it, like, it's real. So the training, the training, the techniques is enough to carry you not only in self-defense, but all of those techniques correspond right into competition. And that's the beautiful thing about it is we talk about it in class. Like, uh, you know, I've, sometimes people come in for self-defense, but what keeps them here is, like, the sparring afterwards. That's the thing. It becomes the fun part. And so that's how people get into the competition stuff. So yeah, we're, we're going to have self-defense classes. Uh, those are our fundamental classes, and that's Mondays, Thursdays. Uh, and Saturday is Friday is our no gi day, but it's still basic jujitsu. And we also have uh, an advanced jujitsu class on Thursday as well. Well, Gary, before we let you go here, uh, I can't. I you say you're the biggest UFC fan. I got to talk to you about this topic. Conor McGregor, he's uh, apparently retired. Now we've talked about this on the show, and my kind of big take on it was I think that he was kind of upset that uh, he wasn't going to be launched right into a title fight with Habib after Gaethje claimed the uh, the interim belt off of Tony Ferguson. I think Conor was a little bit upset that it looked like he might have had to fight Tony to then get a chance to fight the winner of the Habib versus Gaethje fight. And that's why I thought maybe for now he stepped away and when the title fight uh, comes up for him, that's when he'll make a return. Also, he has millions of dollars. He doesn't have to worry about fighting. What is your take? Do you think we'll see McGregor in the octagon once again in his career? Um, I think, I think eventually money will pull him out of it. I think, I think there could be a price tag that, that could interest him. Um, not unlike Brock Lesnar coming back from hiatus when he took his hiatus and came back to fight. I think if the number's right, he'll, he'll, he'll make another appearance. And I, I think eventually that, um, uh, I, it's hard for, you know, it, if you look at Mike Tyson thinking about coming out of retirement and stuff right now, it's hard for a fighter to stop being a fighter. Right. Regardless of how old he gets. And so, you know, it's also important to remember that Connor's the, the, the ultimate showman. So sometimes, like, it, it, saying he's going to retire and I'm done with fighting, that's enough to get people, you know, to talk about it. And so I, I think that's, you know, maybe a bit of showmanship. And I think that when the price is right, that he'll definitely come back. Uh, again, Gary, it's uh, been great having you on the sports fan. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to call in and, and talk about you know everything that you do. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate it. You guys uh, take care and, and stay safe out there. Thanks, Gary. You too. Hopefully I'll meet you there. I, I might swing by and, and try out to uh, shake off the old rust off the wrestling shoes and, and see what I can do. Um, It'll be great. I'd love to have you. But again, Gary Hashman over at Starbrick BJJ and Bobcat MMA. And you can also find out more information about what he does and everything uh, through the program at StarbrickBJJ.com. We'll take a short break here on The Sports Fan. You're listening to The Sports Fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. <laughs> 
Personnel Plus is still the one at matching qualified and reliable employees with local businesses. If you need good employees, contact Personal Plus at 740-592-3416 or drop by the Employment Options Office located in the Market on State. Personnel Plus. We are local, we are nonprofit, and we are community. Personnel Plus is the employment service of the Athens County Board of DD. Nights of frozen folded eggs and barely there bacon, America. Because Wendy's is now serving up breakfast. And it's going to be America's favorite. I just don't know it yet. It's a few of my favorite things. We're talking freshly cracked eggs, oven cooked bacon. How did I even do mornings before this breakfast goodness? Come into Wendy's to try our new breakfast baconator. The Frosty Chino and the Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. See you in the morning. You up for this? In association with Gruiser Realty and Building, Larry Conrath, he sells real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells real estate. 5913015. What was that number again? I said 5913015. Follow along with Power 105 and 97WATH on Facebook. Like our page for contests, prizes, community updates, and of course, some laughs. Check us out on Facebook at Power 105WXTQ slash 97WATH. And don't forget to click that like button. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And right here, the sports fan, 970, WHCH, 643 on the clock on this ninth day of July. 92 degrees, sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. Mills the mic along with Joe Medor. We got you up until 7 o'clock today. We had David Saltzman on just for a brief moment until we could get Gary Hashman onto the program. And uh, it was great having Gary on. First time that we were able to talk to him. Uh, and, you know, I am serious. I probably will uh, we'll go take a look and see what the, uh, the Bobcat MMA has. Uh, over in the plains, uh, so hope that uh, should be a uh, nice place. I'm looking forward to going and visiting uh, and learning more about it. Uh, but the uh, the other thing happening today, Big Ten Conference again will play only conference games in football. Several other sports, if fall seasons proceed in pandemic, uh, the Big Ten won't play non-conference games in football or other sports because of the coronavirus pandemic. The league made the announcement today citing medical advice, but also added the caveat that it is only if the conference is able to participate in fall sports. The announcement came a day after the Ivy League Conference canceled sporting events, at least until January. Yeah, and as you kind of mentioned at the top of the show, we kind of brought up this subject. It's a kind of unfortunate because, especially the MAC, uh, the MAC being one of the, they play a lot of non-conference games. It's Big Ten since uh, the MAC schools and Big Ten schools aren't too far from each other. Some of them are in the same state. So it's unfortunate for the, the, the mid-majors, the, the non-Power 5 schools that uh, have games against them that usually get to you know, play, on a, play on the big stage, and sometimes they get an upset here and there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see if other uh, conferences start to take <clears throat> this approach as well. 
my question is, so are they going to still play 12 games just every team in the Big Ten? Well, obviously not every because there's 14, but are they just going to fill in the rest of the four, three or four non-conference games with other Big Ten teams? Or are they just cutting the season down altogether? Well, see, that's what I don't know yet, right? And I think a lot of people are not going to start things until about September 1st, right? A lot of other sports are started play maybe August, late August. Uh, but I, I think I saw, I think the ACC is not going to have anything until September 1st, uh, which means that they're going to have a reduced season and then wouldn't need you know the extra games there. I would say if they're just going to go conference only, whatever conference games they have this season is what they're going to roll with. So I don't foresee them having, uh, you know, those, what, a 10-week uh, regular season, right, uh, in, in college football? 12. 12, 12 games. Yeah, yeah. 12, 12 games. Well, I mean, it's technically, they get two buys, so it's 14 weeks right. overall, but they play 12 games. Okay, yeah, so uh, the, the 12 games, I just see them just cutting out that non-conference and uh, and going solely just conference games, because then uh, you're adding, quote-unquote, more of a risk if you're going to go and travel to other teams around the area uh, you know, that are in conference. You yeah. Know, you increase that risk of, you know, you see them once, and then you see them twice, you know, it, Again, I think that would be counterintuitive for what they're trying to do. Well, it seems they're just trying to limit travel, right? Uh, they right. Just, so they're, I mean, in theory, it's not so much like that anymore. You have kind of outliers in certain conferences, but in theory, teams in your conference are all ge- in some general geographic area. You know, the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, most of those teams are on the Atlantic Coast. Uh, the Big 12, most of them are in the middle. Same with the Big 10, but, you know, there's a couple teams on the coast in the Big Ten now. There's a couple there I mean West Virginia's like so far away from every other team in the Big Twelve. But um and then you know the the uh the SEC's down south, you got the Pac twelve, it's the West Coast. They're, so they're just trying to limit travel it seems like. They don't want to have, you know, USC coming all the way over to play Clemson on the East Coast and things like that. Uh yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't quite remember what the marquee games were for the opening weekend of college football this year, but um yeah, I mean, I I would think. I mean, of course, you have certain conferences that don't have twelve teams, but I would think a conference like the big, like the Big Ten, with that is fourteen, would just fill in the 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 three or four games that you miss with just other teams in your conference that you weren't lined up to play that year. Right. I mean, maybe. You know. It, so you think you're still going to have your twelve games this year? I mean, you. I don't know. You could is what I'm saying, and it, it would make sense if they still want to play. Like, how do you how are you going to measure up postseason this year if everybody's playing a different amount of games? Because I mean, so far the big t- I mean, we're, we can yeah. only assume other conferences could take this approach. The Ivy League's not playing all together; they don't really have an impact on anything when it comes to football. Um, right. But and I think the Patriot. I was talking with Saltzman earlier today. I think the Patriot League is going to be the next one to follow because Patriot League, you know, plays a lot of Ivy League schools. Patriots uh, League. They're not even D one. I don't think. Not for football. I mean, but the league, the league could follow. But yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more leagues uh, starting to to agree to do that. But who knows? This could get worse, and then all of them could start backing out. It's it, it's a tough spot right now because I don't feel a lot of the people making the decisions on this care whether it is a football season or not. Uh, they care more about safety, which is probably what you should prioritize in this uh, right. in the times that we're in. So, I don't know. I want to try to be optimistic about it. I mean, I think it's going to be hard enough to get professional sports to play. So, just like all these college sports, it's just going to be tough. College, they're tough because almost all of them, 
you have at least you have a certain percentage of out-of-state people, so you're going to have people coming from all these different areas and converging in one spot, and you would assume that's going to cause the virus to spike in those spots. Right, and you know, again, that, that's exactly how it happens. You know, one person. That's why a lot of schools did, went to online after uh, spring break because you had. You know, everybody going down to Florida, or you had a large group of people, and then they come back and they would spread it to another large group of people, which would be a college campus, regardless of the size of it. Yeah, no, it, it spreads quick on on college campuses. There aren't exactly, uh, especially on weekends, aren't exactly. You're not exactly spaced out from people, depending on what you decide to do. So, and I mean, sporting events are the same. You're sitting in the seat right next to someone who could be a complete stranger that you've never really hung out with. Right. And again, it, it's a difficult situation, and I think you know, I think it was special to try to get some kind of baseball season going, at least locally here. Um, but you know, now with with Athens ending their season, uh, you know, I think professional sports are are really, I'd say, fifty fifty at this point. You know, trying to stay on and trying to stay stay ahead, uh, and, and you know, have a season at least in MLB or to complete the NBA season, the NHL. Um, but with them, you know, there's a little bit more money involved. Uh, so that's why I think it was special to get Athens going. And I think, you know, at the college level, that's I, I think that's more truly 50-50 because now, you know, there's not as much... There's a lot of money in college sports, but there's not as much as it would be in professional sports. So, you know, to get professional sports back up and going, I'd say that's a, a better chance than to get college, and then that's a better chance than to get... Uh, you know, high school. But. Yeah, and plus with with professional athletes, they're not going to classrooms right. all during the week and then playing a game. So it, it it probably still won't be very possible, but it is more likely you can get a pro athlete to go to the stadium, play, go to the practice facility, play, and then once it's all over, go home, stay with the people you've been isolating with, don't go out anywhere. Stay. You can't really do that in college. I mean, the kids got to go to class. Right. Kids got to go to class and kids got to go right back to the dorm room where residence hall whatever you want to call it um but still the thing like it's easier for a professional athlete to yeah. avoid other people than a college kid because a college kid literally is a student athlete so i mean they have to be involved with students if they're going to play a sport in college and i'm seeing a lot of colleges now with the reopening plan is well you're going to have to wear a mask basically 24 7 uh when you're on campus so when you're in the classroom when you're walking you know, so you're on, doing on that. Campus. I see. I haven't seen anything specifically that said that, but I think West Virginia is going that way, and I've seen a couple other schools that come across the AP wire that have said that they are going to be doing that. Um, and again, trying to keep the health and safety of others, uh, yourself, and, and others around you. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. I just don't. Uh, I. I feel like though. Not to get off the sports rule, but I feel like the, the guidelines that OU sent us were very vague. Like there was no like specific what is going to happen. It's just that we're gonna we're gonna be safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then again, you know, it, a lot of this right now is just wait and see. You know, they got to put some kind of plan True. together. Yeah. But then you have to wait and see. All right. Well, what changes from here to here? That's what I, you do the Dwine press conferences now. Yeah. Uh, when he comes on the airwaves and with him, uh, you know, it's just. Love Let's hearing him talk about his tie before every. Uh, <laughs> well, I was a staple when I was doing it. Yeah. 
Uh, I also love when his wife comes out and just stands next to him, doesn't move. <laughs> the int- she looks like a statue. It's incredible. She well, literally doesn't move whenever she's there. Fran actually has pretty good recipes. That I haven't tried any of the recipes yet, but I've heard that the recipes that she she's did. She's a cook. Shared. Yeah. Yeah. Good for she, her. Cook. She well, sews and stuff. She doesn't um, speak at COVID press conferences. That's for sure. Right. And uh, the family owns, uh, or at least is the president of a minor league baseball team, I think, out in North Carolina. Uh, so a lot of people, when we were trying to bring back sports earlier on, were questioning whether if DeWine was a sports guy or not. You know, sports is in his family. Uh, he, he wants sports as much as anybody else wants sports. Um, yeah, I mean, they're trying to, uh, I, don't, I can't say I pay the most attention while I'm uh, doing the press conferences, but um, they are trying. Like, they're trying to bring the, the, uh, the non-contact high school sports are starting to be able to practice. They made the rules that... Uh, High school football teams can have inner squad scrimmages and things like that, like inner squad seven on sevens. Uh, our guy Michael Roth, we've had on a couple times. He, they're starting to have AAU stuff. I mean, which is not linked with high school, but it's high school kids. So they're they're trying. They're trying to bring it back uh, as slowly as possible. Of course, we saw you for at least a little bit. You were able to make baseball happen down here in southeastern Ohio, and you had a couple teams come from Kentucky and things like that. What's looking back? Probably not the smartest idea during a pandemic to invite a team from another state to a tournament in a different well, state. On but the other side, the Kentucky team did win. They did. They did win. So there. it was double, double, double negative. They were out of state, brought their COVID here, and they won it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bonus there is Athens did beat them 8-2. to two. So even though uh, they, they went on to... I think, I think they're okay with that. Yeah, you beat the team <laughs> Athens that won make it in, in the tournament. Uh, they didn't make it a Sunday, but they still at least won... Uh, against a team that that won, uh, there is. The whole thing. I mean, yeah. There's a little. Uh, you can take a little bit of pride away from something like that, right? And of course, uh, Preston Hayes pitched well in that ball game. So uh, we'll try to get you know a lot of these Athens attack players either in or, or to call in and talk about you know what, what what they're doing. But those will be for future sports fans. Of course, the way things are going right now, uh, you know, get some content out there and and, and get these kids on the airwaves and. Uh, you know, kind of uh, talk to them, meet them, and and see what they're doing uh, now and and into their uh, their college careers as as they move forward. Uh, one of the things uh, jumping up to the NFL right now, and I thought that was interesting to mention, is that NFL teams will be prohibited from post game interactions within six feet of each other. So players will not be allowed to exchange jerseys after the games as part of the guidelines to help limit the spread. Uh, the restrictions are outlined in the game day protocols finalized by the league and the NFL Players Association yesterday. The 11-page document obtained by the Associated Press includes several changes for the upcoming season. Players and coaches are not required to wear masks, but everyone else on the sideline is. The league and players union still have not agreed on testing and screening protocols. Uh, but that means, you know, the cross the field, the handshakes, uh, meeting everybody, the, the jersey swaps are... Uh, outlawed here for the 2020 season. Yeah, your sweat's all over my jersey, but God forbid you take it after the game because now <laughs> we're socially... De- I'm sorry. It, it's just... The, I get it. It's it, it's supposed to... It, the intentions are good, but once they're out there sweating on each other and tackling and it's a full contact sport, what's the difference if they go and shake each other's hands after the game? I right. mean... It's just like, well, if we're all in, in Walmart, you know, why can't we all just, you know, a smaller group of people go to a barbershop? You know, or if we're all located in one area, and then what's the difference between going there to, to somewhere else? Like, I get you, you're trying to limit the amount of time that the people are being, that large groups of people are being close to one another, but uh, there's not very many plays in football where not everybody's within six feet of each other. 
So after the game, it's not like if someone had COVID on the field, I don't think uh, avoiding trading your jersey with him after the game is going to keep you from getting it if you were interacting with him during the game. But, I mean, I guess it's kind of an optics thing to look. Th- I mean, we saw Athens. Baseball's a little different because you're, you're spread out. But we saw with Athens in the summer, they didn't shake hands after the game. They just come out of the dugout and, like, tip each other, take caps to one another. And- no. Would you? I thought that was kind of cool, though, with the tip of the cap. Yeah, like, no, that was interesting. Maybe I mean, it's just it was- the competitive spirit here. But, you know, going over, shaking their hands, yes, that's fair. Congratulations, you, know, you shake their hands and high fives or whatever. But tip of the cap, you can just tip the cap and not have to look at them anymore, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, in Major League Baseball, they don't even, like, the other teams even come out anyway. So it's just the, right. the team that wins high-fives each other. It's sportsmanship, and, and, and of course you want to show good sportsmanship. Um, but then again, I thought it was pretty nice just with the tip of the cap, at least aesthetically looking, you know, everybody tipping the cap to each other. Uh, what was a nice touch uh, for baseball here. Yeah, no, and it's smart because baseball, you're more spread out. I'm just with the football thing. Like, they have these rules about the locker room, too, during training camp. Like, once you get in the locker room, stay away from each other. But you were just out on the field with each other, like, the whole, all day. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, it's a fair point, you know. Uh, but it's a point that I'm not going to say too loud because once we start saying that, well, then uh, maybe we, we take that away, too. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't care. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't care about COVID, but if you if you cared about it, it just you can't really tiptoe your way back into it with when a football. It's like you're playing or you're not. You know what I mean? You. I agree. I'm there with you because it is uh, if if you're and out there playing, I'm not. Yeah. I, and if it's for the health, if you decide not to play the football season for the health and safety of people, I'm okay with that. But if we're going to have a football season, we're not going to pretend that playing football is not going to cause guys to spread a, vi- a contagious virus to each other. Right. But, you know, it, it, at this point, it is what it is. You know, testing has to get better, contact tracing, and trying to, uh, you know, minimize the, the risk for everyone involved. And that's why we will not have Athens baseball tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday. As the Athens attack season has come to a close, we'll have the sports fan for you right back here at 6.06 on 970, 97.1 FM. A big thank you to Gary Hashman for joining into the program. Of course, a big thanks as always on Thursdays to David Saltzman. And for Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening to us here on the sports fan. Again, we'll see you tomorrow at 6.06. CBS at the top of the hour comes next. 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.